I want to top up. <laughs> no, me. Okay. Gonna be a good show. Cheers. I don't understand how we start these things. <laughs> I just asked you and you're like, <laughs> That's all oh I God. need to know. Do we say welcome back? Yeah. Do we say thank you for coming? Today we are going to cover the top five mistakes made by new wedding videographers. Path to Business, the podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Barrett, self-made, six-figure business owner, photographer, mother of three who's not afraid of hard work. I want to celebrate each journey in business as no story is quite the same. We understand and appreciate the sacrifices and decisions that have led us to where we are today. You've already crushed so many goals and by sharing how you did it, both you and others can continue to achieve all your biggest dreams. This is your path to business. We're a husband and wife, photographer and videographer team with a passion for helping others take their business to the next level. With strategies you can use to get more clients and get paid doing what you love. The first mistake I want to talk about is only using one camera. This means that you won't have any safety shots to cut to if you run into any issues with somebody getting in your way, your focus pulls a little bit, you're not getting the shot that you need, you move too much. It just provides a lot of uncertainty when you don't have a nice established camera on a tripod getting that second angle or a second shooter using a different camera. This part is critical, especially on a wedding day during certain parts. And I think specifically the ceremony and the speeches. We all know that ceremonies and speeches can happen and lots of moving parts are happening behind the scenes that we don't necessarily realize are happening until it's happened. So things like the uncle who jumps up in the middle of the aisle, or you've got the rogue photographer who just stands in front of your tripod, even though you've set a game plan with them. These are all things that having a second camera angle are key. And another thing to consider is trying to get different angles. For example, when you're looking at the bride and groom, like you said, during the ceremony, it's really tough, obviously, to get both the bride walking down the aisle and the groom's reaction. And then as soon as everyone is settled, it's getting the parents' reaction, the other guests, knowing who's important, trying to get their reaction and their emotion during the day it plays a big part as to why somebody wants video on their wedding day. That also applies to during speeches, you wanna get some reaction shots. You know, a joke is said, people are laughing. You need to capture the day, the story, kind of how the room felt, not exactly just who was talking. Yeah, so being able to move around, capture those important family members, you know, that's the key. That's the parts that the bride and groom are going to miss, right? We always talk to our clients and say, you know, this is so important when you're looking at hiring, you know, more than one videographer because yeah. there's no way that we could be in multiple spots at multiple times. So definitely need a tripod. And in our case, we actually use two shooters because we know the value of having the bride and groom's reaction and perhaps the family member that's being talked about's reaction as well. Yeah, and if you can't afford a second shooter, you're just starting out, you're just by yourself shooting some weddings, 
investing in a good tripod and a second camera, it doesn't have to be as crazy good as your first camera if you're shooting in 4K, 1080. I remember when I first started, I was really using a 720p camera and it was all manual focus. So you really had to um, use your manual skills to get it set just right. And it really provided just that safe second angle that made a huge difference when you're editing. Another mistake that a lot of videographers do when they first start is thinking that the camera records good audio. Even if you have a shotgun mic on top of your camera that's plugged in, just the fact that you're so far away from all of your subjects when you're trying to record the audio leaves a lot of room for ambient noise, leaves a lot of room for wind to interfere with the audio. So it's always best to have a recorder that you can put onto your subject, onto your client, onto the couple, onto the speaker that is giving a speech so that you really record the audio at the source. And bonus, if you can get a recorder that can plug into the DJ's gear or the venue, depending, it's very key to be able to get a straight audio source from their microphone and record that. It's very clean audio. And we like to tell our clients that when we set up for a wedding day, that is probably one of the main differences that people don't understand between a photographer and videographer is that they need to spend yeah. that time setting up for audio. So a big part for us is talking to our clients and letting them know ahead of time that we have to have backups to our backups to our backups when it comes to audio. Take it from us, we've learned the hard way sometimes, but we know how important it is to make sure that we have good audio because when you don't have it, it's super noticeable. And sometimes technology fails us and that's where you really need to make sure that you have at least one to two sources. If not, we actually have five, <laughs> but you know, at least one to two out of bare minimum and you know, the more you can have, the better. We hope you're enjoying some of this information. And if you want, we have a downloadable down in the description. If you download that, you'll get these five mistakes written down so you don't have to really take notes. But we also include another five mistakes that we think a lot of videographers do. And we'll send these directly to your email address. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more of these types of videos. Moving on to another mistake a lot of people make is leaving the camera setting to auto white balance. Now, this might make you think it is easier to leave it on auto white balance, but you'd be very surprised when you get into certain rooms that your white balance will actually start changing throughout even, you know, a five second, 10 second, one minute video, you'll have a couple different white balances that happen. There's a lot of indoor areas, especially at weddings, that are a lot of tungsten light, a lot of yellow-orange light, especially when the sun goes away. You have to really watch out for transitioning from indoor to outdoor spaces and how the light affects that. Taking the time to practice the different types of white balances using the Kelvin measurement will give you such an easier time when you go to edit. You don't have to get it spot on every time, but the fact that it will stay consistent through the videos that you take will make it so much easier when you go to edit them and post and you could just apply a little bit of a color change and at least all of the clips that you're going to shoot are all going to be very consistent. I think for a lot of people sometimes 
when they're shooting, it can be a little overwhelming, especially to look at trying to change your settings, trying to change your white balance. But if you're feeling confident enough to go and shoot a wedding on your own or with the team, you should be confident enough in changing some really simple camera settings. So practicing with them in smaller situations, practicing with That's them true. at the getting ready, those are some really like times that you have a little bit more flexibility when you're setting up for speeches that's another time where you have a little bit more flexibility perhaps the first video it's going to be on auto but then you switch that white balance to a custom white balance color that you choose so that again like luke said it can be easier to edit later on and that's a big deal especially when when you're shooting a whole wedding you're going to have a long long time of shooting and editing because the footage is just gonna take a long time. You're shooting a live event that usually spans from, you know, as, as low as four hours to 15 hours sometimes. And if you have to rewatch all of that and color correct different scenes so that they match together because the colors are changing throughout the day, it's very important to try to make them all match as well as you can in camera and that will save you time in editing. It's something that we really stress as well to our team. We really want them to feel comfortable changing the white balance and we're totally okay with telling them what we think is the best when we go into a certain room or a certain area. So we're always bouncing ideas. Don't feel nervous about talking to your team or you know the other person that you're working with and just saying, hey, what do you think, You know, what's your white balance at? I'd love to sort of bounce off ideas that way. That really has been a way that we've been able to grow. And I pretty much think that we do it at every shoot or every wedding at this point because we want our coloring to be the same and very consistent. Yeah, and don't be shy even to ask the photographer if you're with them what their white balance is because they are most likely changing it according to the room and things like that. Be careful when they throw on a flash, it might change for them. But it's a good person to bounce off ideas is other professionals in the room, they might have something to help you. Some things that will set apart an amateur from a professional is the fact that you have too much handheld movement. There is certain styles that thrive on movement and can really incorporate that into their edit, but if you're just starting out, being able to shoot some nice, solid, stable shots will get you the clients and people that you really want. It's very niche to be able to edit a video with a lot of shakiness, with a lot of that in there, especially if it's not related to scenes that have a lot of movement, like some dancing. If you're looking at ceremonies or speeches or even throughout the day, it's really important that you get very stable shots. And for that reason, investing in a monopod might be the best thing for you. Yeah, I can remember when we first started out, we would move a lot and then Luke would be editing and seeing that there was just so much movement, so much shakiness that it was almost unwatchable. And we never want our clients or our potential clients to see that, you know, the footage, like, sure, we captured the moment, but it really was not a good representation of that moment. So we like to make sure that we're capturing stuff that's smooth. There is going to be some level of movement no matter what, but we really try and pick a spot, stay still, and let the movement happen between the couple versus us moving physically, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's definitely some other gear that you can invest in that will help you. For example, gimbals or sliders or 
different things like that that can give you that effect of movement from the camera. But when you're starting out, the mistakes that can cost you, you know, there's only so much editing can do to make sure that your footage looks stable. So as much as you can do in camera to stabilize your footage, the easier life is, especially when you're editing. Yeah, and I think there's a time and a place, especially when you're thinking in regards to weddings. We like to sort of keep safer shots when it comes to the speeches and the ceremony and then save the creative kind of fun shots for when we're not doing that sort of stuff and and that is really because the way that we've set up our business is we provide couples with a copy of their ceremony and we don't want it to be like this as they're watching it and we definitely don't want them to feel almost like nauseous because it feels like that weird recording sense where you're just like please stop moving almost like a video game if that makes sense So our philosophy is that during those important moments, we try and stay as still as possible. We try and keep the framing very nice and then, you know, move around, but with purpose. Speaking of moving around with purpose is to make sure that you get your establishing shots. A lot of mistakes I see of wedding videographers is scenes are kind of being shifted from one to the other, or you get put into a whole different area, uh, for example, from getting ready into the ceremony, and you didn't have a sense of where they ended up. There's no shots of what the building looks like or the outdoor area. There's no shots of any of the details. You just kind of get put from one part of the story into the other part of the story without really explaining that you've moved places. We really want to make sure, especially when we're talking to our clients, that they understand that there's a level of storytelling that kind of goes into these videos. And, you know, it's not just about sitting there and plunking a camera in front of them for the entire day and hoping something happens. We kind of need to tell that story based on what we see. So people, especially our clients, will pick venues because they love the views. They love the photo locations or video locations. They love the way that the buildings look. There's so many things about why they've chosen that specific place that they want to remember that too because just like everything else, those details, those little minute details start to fade away after a few years. But, you know, knowing that there was this cute little sign or that um, they had these big, great windows on the outside or, you know, there was a really cute spot under Edison bulbs that they could have their first dance. Those are all really cool details about why they chose that specific place. So we really want to highlight that and that really does sort of tell the story for our clients and not only that you have to really have the idea the mentality in your head that you want to capture as many details as you can especially we tell our couples whatever you spent money on we really want to capture so really getting uh, a good sense of all the different you know decor that's there maybe the wedding favors uh, there's chairs that are wrapped up there's little bows maybe down the aisle there's some petals uh there's a lot of different like what the day was when you got there was it raining was it sunny what is it winter time those are all moments that are, are videos that you can use to transition from one scene to the other but they also do a dual purpose in the sense that they give you an idea of what the day looked like as soon as well on the actual day you know on their actual wedding day and clients will appreciate that 
there's nothing worse than sort of seeing sometimes when we watch videos where it's it's literally just you know one scene and one room and nothing really changes you don't see different aspects of the room like there's a venue that's close to us and it's a big beautiful barn and there's these big um, almost like uh, beams that go across the top with big beautiful chandeliers it's it's almost like that's exactly why the clients chose that venue but if you didn't highlight that you didn't show that in any of your shots it's almost a waste you're doing yourself a disservice because that's what people are looking for when they're looking at your videos we only covered five mistakes but i'm sure there's a lot more out there that we've made oh there are yeah <laughs> our hope is that you can learn from our mistakes and our experiences and apply some of these tips i guess into your next wedding when you're shooting video make sure that you subscribe because we're going to be giving you more tips like this every week every week every week <laughs> cheers. cheers cheers i'm over here about to do a happy dance because you just finished another episode of my podcast path to business where we get to hear amazing stories of how wonderful people got started and hopefully one day we'll be able to share yours too. If you want more info, head on over to our show notes page where you'll find all the latest info about this episode and links to the guests on the show. You can also find the latest discount codes or freebies I've put together just for you. Also, I wanted to personally invite you to my private Facebook group where you can meet other like-minded entrepreneurs like yourself who are making waves in their business and want to help and inspire others to dream big. The links are waiting for you, so head on over to grayloftstudio.ca slash path to business.